you escaped me. Yes, I did. This is for real, Jay. Hey, and you, you've never beaten me. You'll never see Brock Lesnar in a title match again! Mark my words! Never! You're done! You're finished! You see that? You see that? That's your advocate. That's the man who knows you better than anybody. Hey, hey, you need to listen to your advocate. He's protecting you from me. Because in his heart, deep down at the bottom of his soul, he knows I'm the one. I'm the man. Hey, you look at me when I'm talking to you or we can straighten this out right now. He's the man that knows I got your number. Hold up, you got his number? Alright, hold on, guys. You showed the whole world that last night, right? You're real mouthy for a man who got beat down by Braun Strowman last night. Look at me. Now look at Braun if you can find him. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of just what the internet needed more of. It didn't have quite enough. Not enough. Wrestling podcasts. We decided to make another, and we decided to call it Top Marks. There weren't enough podcasts called that that were about wrestling. There either. are now. Yes. Do you think We've, there are enough wrestling podcasts now? Like we were the final one. And they've hit the quota like, at this point. Now there is enough. Uh, like none more shall ever be made from this point on. I assume more will be made, but, but do the, you think? But it's unnecessary. That's right. Now we were the tipping point. Correct. But we still snuck in inside the line, like exactly before right. the cutoff. Yeah, I think we're like the fourteenth <laughs> wrestling podcast out there, and okay. I think fifteen is too many. Okay. They hit capacity. They hit capacity. Like, how many opinions even exist out there? Exactly. Exactly. What's your name? Justin Morissette. Hey, Justin Morissette. I'm Josh Custodia. Yeah, we got <laughs> sidetracked there, Josh. But, uh, you know, it's fine uh, because I, I do think that we're doing a good job out here. The people, the people should be noticing, especially when we put out excellent content like that ECCW preview show that we did earlier this week. Just, uh, I don't mean to toot my own horn here. Pretty good stuff, I thought. Oh, I don't even think pretty good begins to describe it. Like I said last week, I'm going on the record, best thing ever committed in an audio file in history. <laughs> well, that is very high praise. And we, of course, have that to look forward to this weekend I'm on so Saturday night. We'll probably be talking about it next week, too, because, uh, you know, we mentioned this last week, but uh, Dalton Castle on this show, we didn't even talk about him once on the yeah, interview special. The party peacock. But uh, I'm very excited to see him in person uh, this week, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss out of that for next week's show. And not only that, we're also going to NXT this week. We are. It is a big, big week for live wrestling events. It's it a big summer for live wrestling in Vancouver between, like, you know, the house show that I was at a couple weeks ago, them finally coming and running the biggest building in this market that they can, basically. I mean, BC Place is the biggest, but realistically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for an event like that, oftentimes they've been going out to Abbotsford, so mm -hmm. that's a big deal for them to finally come back to Vancouver. And we're getting NXT this week. Hell yeah. Which you and I are going to, and uh, I think Alistair Black is probably going to be the star of the show for uh, both of us. 
bus, I'm assuming. That's definitely what I'm most excited to see. Um, I think the the glorious entrance will probably be pretty cool to see live. But yeah, I, Alistair Black by far is what I'm most excited to see on the show. I mean, we've said it before. He does not need to be in NXT. No. So uh, we already know this guy's a star. Let him kick people in the head on the main roster. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, this is uh, this is going to be a big week for us. But in the meantime, we're coming off of a big weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Great Balls of Fire being such a huge, huge pay-per-view this It was a huge, huge pay-per-view. We'll get into it a little bit more. I think it's the first round tonight. It is the first round tonight. We'll get into it in a little greater detail, but overall, I think we're both pretty happy with it. Of course, if you are not familiar with the podcast, hello and welcome. It is called Top Marks. Every single week, we take the three biggest topics in professional wrestling and take them all the way, bell to bell, the full 15 minutes, if we can. Hopefully, I mean, we've never not required 15 minutes. Yeah, sometimes sometimes uh, we, we hit the buzzer in mid-sentence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost like it's a terrible format. Maybe one day we will just be like, at 12 minutes, hey, I'm done talking about this. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's like a WCW television title match, 15 minutes, and then eh. It's over. We move on to the next thing. So, welcome. Having said that, Josh, what are today's topics? Like you said, Justin, three rounds as always here on Top Marks. And in the first round, as I already teased, we are going to be reviewing Great Balls of Fire, uh, the pay-per-view from WWE, the Raw exclusive pay-per-view that, from WWE this Sunday that we both enjoyed. We're going to get into some of the details of what we liked about that. And in round number two, I see a lot of people asking, is uh, Roman Reigns heel? And no, don't, don't give me an answer. Just... just think on it because we're going to be talking about if Roman Reigns is heel or not. And around number three, well, Justin, let me ask you a question, okay? Sure. Have you ever kept a secret before? Uh, I've had some secrets yeah, in my day. Yeah, I imagine. I'm uh, a pretty shifty customer. <laughs> you're a very shady man. Well, yeah. not you are not alone because Kurt Angle is also currently keeping a secret. We're going to speculate on... I've been uh, a dirty dealer in my day. <laughs> There's no question about that. <laughs> I've, I've seen it happen. Uh, we're going to talk about Kurt Angle's secret. It's sort of Kurt Angle's uh, general return to WWE. How he's been as the GM, the 24 special that we watched after Raw last night, or at least I watched. Yeah. Then, as always, we're going to do a little bit of Sunday Night Tweet, and I'll get into what that is later, and a couple listener questions at the tail end. Does this sound good to you? That sounds wonderful. Well, let's get down (laughs) with round number one. Round one. Fight! (laughs) Justin? Yes. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Goodness gracious is right. It it was... Graciously good, I thought. Yeah, I, I normally don't like to swear on this pro- podcast, but uh, ooh, good gracious, that was good. <laughs> you know, we talked about it last week that even just the build for it uh, had been so good that it, it obviously seemed like the biggest, um, you know, brand specific pay per view since the brand split. And honestly, one of the biggest brand split like era pay per views in general. It was. It had a huge feel, partly because the Samoa Joe-Brock Lesnar feud has been so fantastic. So fantastic. And that spilled out on Raw again this week, basically. But, you know, also because just, like, up and down, Raw has uh, uh, just a... Uh, too many feuds that it knows what to do with, which yeah. is, you know, an embarrassment of riches. Great it's not problem. a bad thing at all. Champagne problems for sure. The fact that when we did our, our pay-per-view preview last week, we talked about two feuds that one of which we didn't think was going to be on the show, but one of which we were pretty sure was going to be. Uh, neither of them were, and that yeah. is, of course, Finn Balor and the Drifter, as well as Gold Dust and R Truth. Yeah. They both got like carried over into Raw instead. And when the show has that many storylines going at once and they're all pretty good, like 
it just naturally makes the pay-per-views feel big because you care about basically the entire card. And well, when is the last time you've been able to say that about a Raw show? I can't say very recently. And uh, the quality was, was so consistent across the board. I, I put out a poll on our Twitter account this week, uh, at Top Marks Pod, asking which was the better match on the show, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe? Which did you prefer? That's a really tough choice. You're not the only one who thought that because the poll ended in 50-50. Yeah, dead split down the middle. Overall, I'd probably go Joe Lesnar just because like my expectations for it were higher and I felt like it like exceeded them still. I thought I mean they're both great matches. So what made Lesnar and Joe so good? Because I'm in agreement. If this is a poll between the two of us, we're 100% in zero, because I preferred Brock and Joe. Uh, I mean, I think the fact that it was a little shorter is maybe working against it, because there's more, like, brutal moments mm. in Roman and Braun. And, like, Roman and Braun obviously ended with uh, just a ridiculous stunt that yeah. is unlike anything we've seen in at least 15 years or so. Or maybe my entire life. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, there's that element that works in that match's favor. But I think Brock Lesnar, now that he's finally, like, shaken loose of this, you know, Goldberg feud, which was fun for what it was, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. I certainly enjoyed uh, that entire run that they did, but it also took up a lot of time off of Brock's overall contract, and there's a possibility that, like... After WrestleMania next year, Brock doesn't come back again, you know? Like, we're going to go through that whole song and dance. And hopefully he understands what he said last time is true. That, like, he doesn't want to risk the concussions and whatnot of going back to UFC full-time. Plus, he'd have to serve that suspension at this point. Yeah. It just seems like going back to UFC. Re-enter the USADA testing pool. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that, that he would really want to do at this point. But also he's such a just a fierce competitor as well that maybe who knows? Who knows, you know? But that fierce competitor, what that means to me for Brock Lesnar is he just has this air of legitimacy. Absolutely. That is so missing from a bunch of the guys on the roster, but not missing from Samoa Joe. Yeah. When these two get in the ring and this carried over to Raw on Monday, there is real tangible heat between them and it feels like a brawl could break out at any second and I'm still so into this I really hope that Joe pulls out the win next Monday to get to face Lesnar again because it feels like like throughout the entire run of the build to the pay-per-view and we talked about this last week too like they have taken so many cues from the presentation of the build to big fights in UFC which is funny because it seemed like UFC took a bunch of cues from wrestling this past weekend not that that's the first time that's happened but uh, like they really built that up like one of those like press conferences where Dana White is sitting in between like two people who genuinely could come to blows at the way right basically throw water and, bottles at each other but, all, you know <laughs> do whatever like but that aesthetic is I think so well served for the Lesnar joke especially because it serves the style of match that that Brock is great at. Definitely. Because, uh, like you said, there's something about him that feels legitimate. His style, and Joe brought it too. I don't know if it was just the fact that both guys were working extremely stiff, but it like there's something shooty like about yeah. 
that style. Uh, like it feels, but not in like a way where they're intentionally like decking each other. Just in a way that like even like the. <laughs> I liken it to one of my favorite movies is Out of Sight with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Steven Soderbergh movie. And what I, one of the things I really like about it is that, like, there's gun violence in it and shootouts in it, but it's not, like, stylized. It's very clumsy. And, like, it's, like, how people would actually behave in oh, a gunfight. It's really Lesnar. sloppy and, and, like, and that's what makes it feel real. Okay. And Lesnar has that same sort of style. Like, I felt the early section of this match in particular where they were just going back and forth, kneeing each other yeah. in the in the chest and abdomen, like, that was just, like, incredible. It, it felt like a real fight. It had the presentation, again, uh, not just in, like, the build to the match, but within the match itself of feeling like a kind of UFC grappling battle. You know what did not feel like a very real fight to me this weekend? <laughs> when one guy got driven into uh, the back of a semi-truck? We're going to talk more about that around, too. I'm referring to a, uh, not quite a squash match, but damn near between uh, Enzo Amore and the, the new new music newly presented big cast. Yeah, and oh boy, did that presentation just die a death. Well, what, what did we think of uh, of Big Cass? Uh, the music, the the. Did you, first of all, did you see the picture of his head blocking up the sea? I did. I, big ass. Not only did I see the picture, I noticed that as it was happening. Big ass. And as he's just holding his arm up like he's like Diesel or something. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he, he just it's every single time is going to say big ass, which basically is what his character is right now. So, well, you'd think they would reserve it for Eric Rowan. But, uh, yeah, uh, yes. Here we are. Or Titus O'Neil, I feel like, that's the, <laughs> the biggest booty. Am I right in inf- saying that I'm inferring from what you're saying? You're not sold on this new big cast. Uh, no. The music didn't work for me. I thought the trunks were bad. I, you know, and even the way he was presented on Raw, it's, it doesn't feel like this guy is, like, the new big bad. No, like, it didn't like, for me either. I feel like he should feel like a bigger deal than Baron Corbin. Or like how Baron Corbin felt like six to eight months ago. I like that comparison. And actually. he doesn't really. No. And, he and part of that is like the music and the and the look. Something about it is just flat, and it didn't work for me. I don't know about you. To play devil's advocate, and I had a lot of the same feelings as you, but I am willing to see how this Big Show feud plays out. Uh, Big Show, based off of the recent Braun Strowman match. I like when he works these bigger dudes. I, I think the, the cast can learn a lot from him. And if they can have a, a good Hoss battle between them, I, I'm still willing to, to give Big Cass a shot, a, a big chance. But I am with you that that music is a total pass. And speaking of Big Show being like an early feud for a, a big man to work against, like that's how Braun Strowman basically started as a singles guy. That's right. Uh, and he talked about that, I think, on the Stone Cold podcast when he was on last year about just how hugely helpful that was to get tips from him on like how to handle himself as a big man in the ring and like make the most effective use of his size it's a great guy to go up against as an in-ring mentor to be fighting on the house show circuit night after night and uh you know like they're gonna have a good match too like braun and big show had an unbelievable match not that long ago I, i i just part of me is disappointed that we talked last week about Enzo's promo ability just making him such a star, and he still got just 
slapped around and yeah. beat down the way that we all were expecting from the outset, but I found myself rooting against as we got closer to the match. That's listen, I, I had a similar feeling. That said, I'm still very optimistic about where they're going to go with Enzo. Uh, less optimistic about Cass, but we're going to see how things play out. Um, did Alexa Bliss have her best ever match? I on think Sunday? she did. And I it, think so too. It's it's a weird one where I'm not sure if Sasha Banks is just way better than I think she is. No, she's great, and like may have like you know carried Alexa to her best match ever. There's probably or, to that. Or if Alexa like really is better than we think too, because you know I I've been super into her character work all along. I think she's an extremely talented promo, mm-hmm. but the ring work has always been like just good, you know? I wouldn't I wouldn't even say bad, just like average. There have been moments of bad. Her and Naomi for the title back on SmackDown, I forgot what that pay-per-view was, just lots of botches. I do think Sasha did the bulk of the heavy lifting, including uh, nearly destroying her knees at the end. My goodness, what that a spot that was. Brutal that was spot. Almost, you know, that's crazier. We often talk about uh, you know, I think I might have caught a little heat a little while ago for saying that the women don't, like, do crazy bumps. But Charlotte does. Charlotte absolutely does. And Sasha, I think, does as well. Uh, there's no other way to describe that. There's absolutely no other way to describe it. Um, moving on, in terms of brutality, there was a lot on this card. But uh, that 30-minute Iron Man match uh, surpassed what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, if only uh, because, you know, towards the end of it, Matt got bloodied up really bad, you know. Uh, <laughs> that certainly adds a dimension when you can see the toll of 30 minutes on a guy. I know that this isn't uh, really the point of the gray hair, but I thought the blood with the gray streak, it, was, it looked like a crazy Matt Hardy. I was yeah. down with it. Yeah, no, it was a good match. Uh, I think I think I was expecting it to be good because, like, as sick as we are of this feud in general, it's also one of those things where, like, the matches are better than we're giving them credit, I think. Yeah. It's just, like, we're so tired of them that we're not appreciating how good they are as workers. You're probably right about that. For me, I definitely have, like, a fatigue of having just seen, like we've talked about, every iteration of these dudes. It's hard for me to get into, but... For a Iron Man match like that, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, it's only exciting for the final five minutes. And, like, that's not entirely true because the storytelling you do in the first 25 is what makes the final five so dramatic. Like, I feel like that's a really, like, narrow view to have of the match type in general. But it's not even... The like the trading pins in the final seven minutes or so, like they did in this match, that's the most exciting part. It's all of the false finishes that yeah. you completely buy on, and there were a lot of them this week. Like I felt like the one that's like just Cesaro constantly coming in with like desperation saves to yeah. break up pins. Those European uppercut pin and breakups. Like, and like yes, like t- to me, the star of this match was Cesaro for sure. And uh, I just love the guy. So, yeah, it's great to see him have a gr- another great performance. What do you think of my stipulation match idea, the five-minute Iron Man match? Five minutes. It's five minutes. Yeah. Roughly 300 seconds, I okay, think. Okay, yeah. And it's how many pins you can get in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, they got one in 25 seconds this time. Well, so. th- people keep saying, like, oh, it's all about the last five minutes. Let's boil it yeah, down yeah, to the yeah. best part. Let's, let's get right to the stake. all of that out. I'm not Bef- a four-play guy. I guess before guy. the match starts, though, you'd have to, like, cripple someone. Nope. 
They'd, have, they'd like hit each other with chairs a bunch before the bell started. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, a man who has some history with chairs. How's that for a segue? The Miz and Dean Ambrose did their thing. Yeah. I wasn't that into this match. Not me neither, but I have really been into the feud quite a bit. Me so too. it's weird that I'm not into the matches so much anymore because I do feel like over the last month the feud like hit its best levels. The yeah. whole like Miz celebration thing. Uh, last month. I think we both agree the Miz Tourage is a great thing. The Miz Tourage is super fun. And like even the Mizzies, the awards thing that they did on Raw this (laughs) week was super (laughs) awesome as well. Like I've, and I don't know how much of this is just like Miz being great because like Ambrose has not really felt like a big part of it over the last like two weeks. That's mostly true. Uh, He's had his moments too though. Yeah. But, you know, we both want this to end so that uh, Dean can go back to the main event scene. And it looks like Seth is going to enter. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, speaking of, yeah, I could go either way with that, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, it's the the cost of Seth. I think we're getting a little Bray Wyatt push here, getting two wins over Seth Rollins in two nights. Yeah, and uh, I liked that match, actually. I liked it, too. I liked both, actually, the yeah. Raw and uh, Great Balls of Fire. I, th- one. I think they are pretty good together. Like they, Yeah. Like, I think Bray is a better ring worker than he's given credit for. Not from this guy. You know I talk about the Bray Wyatt in ring. I know, I know. But I I do think that a lot of people think he's never had, like, a big match. Yeah, a lot of people are And I think a lot of people are wrong. Those people are following the buzzer. That was a really good way to open the show. And uh, I I honestly, you know, I'm not really, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm of two minds of... Of Seth going after Miz because yeah. like the Intercontinental Title seems beneath him, but Miz also deserves great opponents, and I feel like Seth will be that for him. Give me a letter grade on Great Balls of Fire. Overall, I'd give it probably like a B plus, maybe just shy of an A. Like it was a really good show. It's an A for your, your boy. Yeah, it, I mean it had big moments, and I I'm really impressed with how they've been able to make the shows in the lead-up to SummerSlam feel like a big deal. Because, like, SummerSlam is often thought to be, like, the end of, like, the lull. I feel like the lull is already over. That's 15 minutes, man. All right. Round two. Fight. Now, Josh. Yeah? It seems like... If we were to have just reviewed Great Balls of Fire, it seems like there was one big match that we did not really talk about. I don't think so, Justin. Very much at all. I don't think you're right no, about that. No, you think we covered the whole no, card? I think we talked about everything. I don't think we did. What are you talking about? I think there was one super big thing that happened that we didn't really talk about at Tazawa all. Tazawa and Neville. Oh, of course. The Titus the brand. Show. Right. The Titus brand, of course. Titus Worldwide. Titus Worldwide! It is the biggest thing going at the I moment. I forgot so. that. Silly us to have not mentioned that. I feel like an idiot. But uh, what about um, uh, Papa Braun and Roman Reigns? Didn't they get up to something? Holy Moses, did they ever. They got up and they got down. That was a brutal match. I mean, let's just talk about Papa Braun here for a second. This guy cannot – he is entertainment embodied. And I also want to say – after a couple weeks ago when we talked about him not really being a t-shirt guy. Oh, yes. He so he's been wearing the t-shirt he, lately. He's been used the monster yeah, like that. He's he looks great. Now. Man. It's an awesome shirt. I want to buy it. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel tired at all of watching Braun and Roman throw each other around. Do you? Would you no. watch this go on? Yeah, absolutely I would. I mean, this this match was so hard-hitting, so brutal, so different from anything else on the card. Like when, when we talked about it versus Braun and Joe, or rather Brock and Joe, 
how they were so good, but in such different ways. I, I, I mean, the inspiration from the Attitude Era in Roman and Braun is, is worth bringing up here. I mean, the... Feels like they're trying to book like the biggest moments possible. It really does. He's. I'm, I hate drawing the comparison between Braun and Stone Cold Steve Austin because there's not a lot of comparison, except that they're both doing the the most fun big shit on each show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm very into that. The and then Roman driving things also extremely attitude era. But let, let's not talk about the aftermatch yet. Let's talk about what happened within the whatever 15 minutes that it ran. Were you impressed? Did you think this was their best match? Bell to bell. Um, yeah, probably because I mean, the last one had like the caveat of like Roman being injured or whatever. That was like the storyline of that. Yeah. Uh, and like I don't know, I've liked every match they've had really. Me too. Um, so it's hard to pick. They've all been like pretty good, but like yeah, this had a, a brutality to it. There were a lot of like big spots. Yeah. I was really impressed with uh, the one where Roman just straight up threw Braun right through the wall and like oh. the TV. Like monitors or like all the LED screens like collapsed on and him. And they put the image up of the the white noise on it, the yeah. static. Yeah, that was a great spot. There was a great barricade spot. I mean, the to say nothing of everything they did with the ambulance. I mean, can we give some credit to Roman Reigns here for? This guy goes full speed into any object he's being thrown into. When he bumped from the ramp onto the ambulance, I was like, you don't have to sprint, Roman. Yeah. I mean, he is willing to just take any amount of abuse for this, and it's, it's really endearing him to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's endearing because I feel like he is a heel uh, and has been a big-time heel for most of the last like six months or so, basically, oh. like right from the Rumble onwards. Are He's, you saying when he retired, the beloved Undertaker, I, yeah, I, he was? I think when he came out at 30 in the Rumble, despite having had the, the title match that night, that that was a big-time heel move, oh. and they knew that he was going to get the shit boot out of him. Because how could you not know that? This is what's surprising to me, and I do want to talk about the, the reversing of the ambulance into a pillar. because Yeah, because uh, that's about as attitude era as it gets. Literally. It felt like Stone Cold Steve Austin trying to murder a Kishi. That's what it reminded me of. The only way he did it for The Rock. But the <laughs> the people who keep waiting for this moment, for Roman Reigns to come out and say, fuck you, I'm a heel. I think you got the closest thing to that in that post-match. Yeah. Braun is in the back of an ambulance, and you can see Roman. He looks in the rearview mirror for a second. I don't know if you noticed this camera shot, but he sort of looks behind him and considers if he should go through with this for a second. Then he puts the damn thing in reverse. And he tries to literally murder Braun by backing the ambulance up into a pillar. I don't know who's still questioning if this guy's a babyface. Yeah. But, but I mean, as much as I heard people talking about what a huge double turn that moment was, and even just, like, the fact that Braun gets busted loose of the wreckage of this ambulance and he's all busted up and cut and bleeding all over the place, and, like, they, he just wanders off on his own still screaming about Roman like he's yeah. not going to go to the hospital he's not going to get tended to he's just going to leave but he's and also not throwing Kalisto in a dumpster there that's you know true what I that's mean? true that's true and the fact that he got to leave like on his own feet yeah and like under his own power i think is a babyface thing no as well no question uh so like i do think that they are like m- you could say that that's just trying to keep a heel strong maybe but i do feel like if they were going to uh, kind of go full-on face-heel dynamics in this feud that Braun probably would have left in the stretcher despite having won the match. You know? Yeah. But that's not what happened. No, it certainly isn't. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like... There, how could you not see 
just straight up heel presentation for Roman. It's not even. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel there's anything subtle about trying to kill Braun. As much, yeah, but but at the same time, like. I don't think it got confirmed on Raw. Like, if you're going to do a huge double turn like that, you would think that there would be something in the promo the next night that would fully embrace this murderous heel persona. Him smirking throughout Brock. But there was nothing like that. If anything, like, he got shown up like a complete chump. He looked so weak in that ring with two guys that are huge bona fide stars like that like Samoa Joe belongs yeah. whenever he's on the mic whenever he's getting in someone's face there's no question that that man belongs exactly where he is and his, in his placement on the card right now and i feel like how strong he has been just makes Roman look that much weaker in comparison because the two of them even trash talking each other Joe destroyed him I yeah. felt in their confrontation and just like how much intensity and fire the confrontation between Joe and Lesnar had That's in thing. like brief moments of even just that one specific segment never mind the last 5 weeks there was more fire between those two guys in like maybe 30 seconds of that segment than the entire Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania build had in its totality. I'll defend Roman here for a second because I think you're right, but I also think that 30 seconds of Joe and Lesnar had more fire than almost anything else that's happened that's in the past true. couple of years. That's true. It's comparable only to really like that Seth and Dean feud exactly. from a couple of years ago in yeah. terms of just feeling like these two guys legitimately hate each other. Maybe Owens and Zayn too, but they're, they're, yeah. these are few and far between as well. Yeah. But I do agree Roman came across as the weak link in that ring last night, which uh, it's tough. Because when you give me the real deal, I know how yeah. lacking the the fit, like the, the diet version is. is. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I do know what you mean by that. It, is he going to beat Samoa Joe next Monday and get his rematch with Brock Lesnar? Uh well, I think the fact that we still haven't seen Braun Strowman is going to play a factor here. Okay, tell me what you think is going to happen. Well, you know, personally, I'm of the mind that Braun Strowman probably makes a resurgence Mm. during that match, that that is the first time we see him come back. And not only does he, uh, you know, wreck Roman Reigns, but he probably will ruin Samoa Joe as well. Okay. Attack both gentlemen. And, uh, you know, instead of having, like, a triple threat to determine the number one contender the week after. My thought is that they will probably just take both of the two big matches from this past Sunday and combine all entrants into a fatal four-way match at SummerSlam that will be, in my opinion, one of the greatest, if not the single greatest, Haas battle of all time. So you're saying that the main event of SummerSlam for the Universal title would be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns. Because Joe has been too good... To take him out of the title picture. He, you gotta hope they see that, yeah. right? Yeah. And, like, you have to think the same thing about Braun. And, honestly, yeah, the, the knock against Roman that Joe brought up was, you lost. You don't have any claim. Which is fair. You're like, your whole thing is that no one can beat you. You just got beaten, you know? like Yeah, I was a little bummed that Heyman was like, well, listen, Roman beat The Undertaker. That's a claim yeah. for the title. It's like, well, you know, we I just... thought Heyman would be the guy to be like, both of you lost. Yeah, that's what, what I was expecting, too. 
the only guy who should have a rightful claim to the shot is the guy who won, and that's Braun Strowman. So he shouldn't come out of the picture either. That's an interesting point. I, I don't think they're going to go this fatal four-way route. I unfortunately do think that Roman Reigns is going to pin Samoa Joe. He's going to. I think he's lost to him twice now. I think he's going to get one of those wins back and go on to have what will be a good match against Reigns, or rather Reigns versus Brock. But I just really hope that Joe gets back in there eventually. No, I, I hope he stays. Like I'm with you. He's been too good. Like, he, like I am never more interested than when he's on television. He's the AJ Styles of last year, right? Basically, he, yeah. The, he's just caught fire in a way that I don't think they expected. I was just like, as we were watching it on TV yesterday, just being like, oh shit, oh <laughs> shit, oh shit, like while he was talking. And that was not like me... You know, that was a genuine reaction. Like, yeah. I I am super, super into Samoa Joe in a huge way right now. I think he's just miles ahead of anything. Are you more into Roman Reigns now as a heel, though? This current, the Braun Strowman feud, which I both think, I think we've both really enjoyed. Are you more into Roman Reigns now than you've been in the past? Uh, yeah, and part of that is, like, I think we've talked about this maybe a couple times over the last couple weeks in terms of how Raw has improved. Yeah. But if if Roman is a heel now, then he's doing what heels do in WWE, and that's losing. Um, <laughs> you know, like Kevin Owens, love the guy, never fucking wins a match. It's really true. Uh, and that's fine because that's what heels do. I suppose. To a point. Unless, Even though every champion except for Naomi's a heel. Yeah, right? but like every champion loses every non-title match. That's you know? also true. Like think about Seth's run as champion. It, yeah. Like he came off so much weaker than before he had the yeah, belt because he was Ch- never allowed to win anything. I think, I think Jamie pinned him. Uh, yeah, he lost to J&J Security. <laughs> That's right, so yeah. So think about that. But yeah, Roman, I think as like – being booked to be vulnerable, which is also what losing is, yes, is a more compelling character than when he's just John Cena Superman Volume 3, you know? like It's tough because you need those guys who wins mean a lot over to get yeah. other guys over. But I, I just... I mean, he's also losing by distraction finish. It's not like he's just dropping clean it's losses true. all over the place. Uh, but to go back to last night, when you see Samoa Joe, it, especially when they're in the same ring, it just seems so obvious to me that Joe is the guy, and Roman is not the guy yet. Okay, well, say that your prediction is correct and that Reigns goes on to face Brock at SummerSlam and we get that six months earlier than we thought we would get it, Yeah, and we get the same result that we think we're going to get, which is that Roman is going to beat Brock yep. and be the guy to do that, even though Goldberg already did it. So I guess only Spears <laughs> can beat Brock. That's the only <laughs> I hadn't thing thought of that. They can <laughs> defeat him. Uh, if he goes on having won the title from Brock to have his first like big post-Brock feud with Samoa Joe, do you think Roman is still treated as a heel in that feud? That's a great question. Because uh... I feel like he like is occupying this space right now where his alignment can be whatever they need it to be based on the opponent, which is not a bad space to be it's necessarily. It's a great space to be. Uh, but it, it's difficult when you aren't sure how you're supposed to react to someone. Yeah, I think I think there's sort of two minds on that, that you could just say react how you feel in the moment instead of trying to like fit it into pro wrestling tropes. But for people like us who watch this a ton, it is tough to sort of let your mind go there. But I think I think it is interesting having a guy who... who I can... just, you know, as, as much as I want to react genuinely to people, as an adult, I know that I'm more inclined to cheer for heels. And I don't 
always, like, especially when I go to a show, want to ruin the experience for mostly children. Yeah. That's Who this programming is made exactly. for. <laughs> like, there is something to be said for, like, playing along when you go to a live event. So knowing how I'm supposed to feel kind of helps with that. Yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I've gone to shows before where I've just booed the shit out of Roman Reigns, but I've done it, like, feeling like a stupid, embittered, cynical smark, you know? Whereas, like... I feel like I could probably do it now, and that might be what they want, but I, like, it's, pro wrestling has been around for a century, maybe more, you know, maybe 150 years, and there's certain things about it that work, and having clear, designated alignments is part of it. I think Owens and Jericho earlier this year really proved that. Yeah. Uh, I have one last question for you in the final minute, Justin. Would Roman Reigns get booed in a Shield reunion? Uh, No. Uh, absolutely not. Would you be very happy to see that? Absolutely, but if, then if he was the guy to do what Seth did to break them up again, oh. then there's no denying that he's a heel. The only way to do it is Seth doing it again. No, <laughs> the well, only way. No, I think Dean could probably benefit hugely. That could spark his heel run, which would be a big deal as well. Uh, like, But then it feels like this is the only way you know how to make a heel. <laughs> it's just to break up the shield. It's to hit the shield guys <laughs> with chairs. It has to be with a chair, yeah, It has to be like the exact same setup, pretty much. We both think Roman Reigns is a heel, to summarize. Yeah, pretty much, except there's no confirmation. We don't, we're not being given anything other than just like general presentation, which That's is 50. frustrating. I see what you did there. I didn't like it. I made the <laughs> well, no, I was noise. talking about the buzzer. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's oh, the buzzer that's frustrating. Oh, oh okay, good. Yeah, really, when you say the buzzer's frustrating, you're saying, I'm frustrated. <laughs> yeah, Which well, is mostly true. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we will take a break from our three rounds. Oh, yeah. And take a peek at Sunday Night Tweet. Uh, listen, this is quickly becoming a lot of people's favorite part of the show, just so you know. It's the fan fave. Yeah, there's no question about it. And uh, it's frankly, the, It's the ladies' choice. I thought that was you. Oh, I mean, I I had the title before Sunday Night Tweet came around. <laughs> that is true. And I lost it to a segment inside my own show. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who may not know, this next segment is called Sunday Night Tweet. is where I read roughly five tweets out there, all from people who are on the active WWE roster. And Justin has to guess who the tweeter in question is. Justin, do you understand the rules? I do. And I think there's no way I could do worse than I did last week, so that alone makes me feel good about my chances this week. I love it. Tweet number one. Amigos. Hashtag WWE Laredo. Esta nocha. Um, I'm going to say that was Sin Cara. It was not Sin Cara. Now, why did you guess Sin Cara? Because it was Spanish. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes this tweet so surprising, Justin, that this was tweeted by none other than WWE Laredo House Show participant, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, really? <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura trying to get in touch with the people in their native tongue. Oh, wow. Uh, what, what do you think of that? get in touch with the Latino community. That's correct. I mean, yeah, I feel like they would embrace the Japanese style because there's always been sort of this synergy between Japanese and Mexican sure. wrestling. So, Do you think Shinsuke speaks Spanish or types it at least? Uh, I feel like he got someone. To I look, feel the I, same. Yeah, I, I feel like he like walked up to... I think I'm actually right, though. It was Sinkara. <laughs> tweeting for. Yeah, because they're both on SmackDown. And so... 
he would have come up to him and been like, hey, man, uh, can you? <laughs> Except it would have been a lot more yeah, broken it, than that. Are they both speaking English? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they are amigos. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Sin Cara wrote it on his behalf. I'm positive of it. I feel like tweet number two is going to be kind of obvious, but uh, I feel felt a real need to bring this one to the show this okay, week. Okay, okay. I do a lot of things prematurely, and tweeting is one of them. But it's true. I'm the official pre-order bonus for WWE 2K18. I know that that is general manager <laughs> Kurt Angle. Now, what, if you had to pontificate, what do you think these things are that Kurt does prematurely? He says it does a lot of things prematurely. Yeah, well, I, I know that what he's like touching on here is that apparently he put up another tweet announcing that he was the pre-order character earlier that same day. Okay. And, and I believe... What he's referring to is that he was not supposed to make that announcement at that time. Okay, uh, then what? But that might have been a tweet that was meant to be a draft or something yeah. for a later date that got sent out. Regardless, uh, what is, what else does he do in his life prematurely? I, d- I don't see what that could possibly be <laughs> other than, like, a jizz joke. It's disappointing me because yeah. I feel like Kurt Angle is no one-pump chump. You know, this guy's an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, and, like, I, what other, what else can you do prematurely? Like, I, I don't know. What I th- are famous premature activities? Are, are we led to believe Kurt Angle is a one-stroke joke? Uh, yeah, maybe he was, like, born prematurely also and had to, like, spend <laughs> his early weeks in an incubator. Let's go with that as we head to <laughs> tweet number three. Which I'm going to read. Uh, I'm on the board, though. I'm feeling good. I think you're you're uh, well, you're one you're one and a half for two. Yeah, because it's a may have been Sankara. <laughs> I think it was. Here's tweet number three, and I'm going to read this one uh, as written. Okay. <laughs> I love this tweet. <laughs> that stupid noise Crash Bandicoot makes when he falls rips my nut so much. We butter feet, hairy orange Dafty. Why you even back in my life? Uh, I think this is obvious who this is it should stay. i didn't get him last time but he i'm sure will be a perennial favorite <laughs> yes. on sunday night tweet and it is none other than the <laughs> scottish supernova noam dar this is noam dar and he it. is a favorite on sunday night I tweet knew it. presumably he's uh playing the crash bandicoot rebound yeah he got the trilogy for his ps4 <laughs> that's so i feel like a kinship now knowing that noam dar also plays ps4 yeah it does and do him to me as well. <laughs> All right, Justin, you ready for the fourth tweet today? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to read what this tweet says. Okay. You have no idea what's in store for. There's four, no, five exclamation marks at the end of this. You have no idea what's in store for. And it's missing, like, the final noun. Yeah, maybe it's intentional. <laughs> hmm. Angry. Angry. Let's talk this through. Who maybe isn't the best at typing? Angry. Broken English. Hmm. Uh, Rusev. Foreign heel Rusev. I like that, but it is not foreign heel Rusev. It is domestic potential babyface Papa Braun Strowman. What? <laughs> we we really do have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's mostly right <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, are you ready for the final I think tweet? he meant to tag Roman Reigns I think he probably but then he just couldn't do he it was, he went fishing because he's a he's a strong man yeah, he doesn't have time yeah for he loves shit. the outdoors he's yeah. never used a phone in his life imagine his hands using a phone yeah, he must have like the, it. 
The six plus, maybe. Yeah, he can't even, yeah, he's got to have like the keyboard extension, <laughs> and, like a full size keyboard, like you'd have for an iPad. He needs that for his phone. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Uh, here's the final tweet for us this week's Sunday night tweet. <laughs> yeah. So the tweeter in question, okay, asks, "What's your favorite comic book character, and what's your favorite Marvel movie?" They then quote their own tweet and answer it with. I can tell you which one is my least favorite. Logan. All my favorites die. This is a Hollywood movie. I need my heroes to live and win. LOL. Wow. So answering their own question and shitting on Logan. Shitting on Logan, which I think we can all agree is pretty great. Uh, certainly not the worst <laughs> Marvel movie. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe uh, in our discussion <laughs> for the best Marvel movie. Um, uh, that might be pushing it a little bit. I know you certainly love it, though. I love that movie. Uh, so who is pissing you off by smirching its good name on Twitter? This is hard. It yeah, is, this yeah. could be anyone. It could. Yeah. Who has bad movie tastes in WWE? Yeah. Uh, probably The Miz. Except oh. you said LOL, so I don't think it's Miz. Okay. It's probably Curtis Axel. I like the deep dig with the LOL, but it is not Curtis Axel. It is CJ Perry, a.k.a. Lana. Lana hated Logan? <laughs> All of her favorites die. LOL. Jeez. Oh, LOL. <laughs> LOL is right. <laughs> so what did you I think? I should have known that the LOL is probably not laughing out loud, but it's Lana online. <laughs> that is what it is. I can't <laughs> it's believe it's a dead giveaway. I can't believe you missed that. Yeah. I'm disappointed you. Fuck. I think you went I, I think you went so for close. I think you got two this week yeah. though. That's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I feel good about it. For guessing blind? Yeah, considering I got zero last week, I feel like yeah. that's a marked improvement. I do I haven't crunched the numbers yet, but I do think you did better than last <laughs> week. <laughs> we'll see how the stats bear out as we head into next week's game. And also <laughs> head into round number three. Round three. Fight. Justin, I'm a, I think you know this. I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Kurt Angle, not so much. This is a man who, uh, he's hiding some secrets on his phone that only he and Corey Graves and maybe one other party know about. Yeah, I think if we were to describe, uh, like, the final sequence from Monday Night Raw this week, the only words we could use were, that was a rather big angle. Oh. <laughs> well, that's it for this round, it's a folks. major, a major angle oh. on Monday Night Raw. I feel sick. Oh, do we just call it there? Get, give up? I think that's. I think that's the end of the round. No, just <laughs> okay. So, so common thinking out there is that he is messaging or phoning Stephanie McMahon. Okay, or yeah, that somehow this angle is going to lead to Angle having to bring back Stephanie McMahon by yeah. the time the angle's done with Angle. So, do you have anything outside of that theory? Do you have a working theory that has nothing to do with Stephanie? I don't Stephanie? have anything to do that doesn't include saying the word angle at least <laughs> seven times throughout the course of an angle sentence about oh, angles. Oh, my angle. God. This is... <laughs> I'd like no, to apologize think, to the listeners. I think there's a couple different ways. And, like, we saw the promo for it. 
during SmackDown tonight. You and I talked uh, about the the Attitude Era throwback feel of just the overall Big brutality time. of the Braun Roman match and its presentation and especially the drama that it ended with. Uh, the, just even the promo for next week's Raw that aired on SmackDown was like a commercial for a soap opera. It had it like, was. the big soap opera hook uh, to it that has been kind of missing from wrestling for a while uh, because the, as, as much as we've just complimented the storytelling of something like Brock and uh, and Joe being so realistic and grounded in kind of like the legitimacy of mixed martial arts... Um, at least in terms of like television presentation, there is still room for these crazy big storylines yeah. from back in the day. Because honestly, what hooked you back in the day was not matches or work rate. Certainly rates. not. In an era where most matches didn't go longer than five minutes. And they all had interference. <laughs> work rate is not what is like pulling you back to this show week after week. The thing that people loved, the thing that I think made wrestling a huge ratings like juggernaut yeah. was the storylines. And well, we that's... have seen kind of a return of that over the last couple months. I don't know how it's translated in terms of overall ratings, but I do feel like the show, Raw in particular, is worth watching and not just something that I do, but something that I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah, this this return to the big dramatic storylines, both with the who was beating up Enzo and this Kurt Angle thing, I'm very into it. I love this the this return to form, if you like. these. I don't want the entire show to be this, but like you say, there's definitely room for these parts. Um, I'm hoping it isn't Stephanie McMahon that Kurt Angle is texting. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I like being surprised in wrestling, and I, I do feel like that's the most obvious route. And I don't like the end game of that if that brings back Stephanie being the head of And bringing Raw. back Triple H probably, too. Because yeah. it seems like... That was rumored for a while was that if they were going to bring Angle back in ring, that his first opponent would be Triple H. Yeah. Which kind of feels like Sting coming in and having his first match against Triple H. It's like you are getting these guys back late in their career when their capacity to do dream matches is very limited. Yeah. And the guy you're going to work them with is Triple H. I just don't get it. Going to work one of the two guys on the roster we've already seen him wrestle? Yeah. Well, I guess actually he's wrestled Samoa Joe as well, but on WWE TV, I, I would not like if that's where this ended up going. But outside of that, I don't really know who it could be. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard, you know, there's a couple ways that the setup to this can go because... You know, they had Kurt say, I love you over the phone and that this is right. like a shameful secret that is going to tear his family apart is basically what's been teased and like make him an embarrassment to the WWE, I think is <laughs> what they said at one point too. Yeah. So there's a couple ways that they can go, especially with Corey being like, no, I think like people will understand and that they have your back. You're a beloved superstar. They love you. Like, don't worry. People will accept you, right. you when this secret comes out. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's three ways that I can think of this going. Is like, one, uh, he is having an affair. And he's having an affair with, like, Stephanie McMahon. Or maybe someone else. Maybe this is a way that, like, Dixie Carter comes back. 
which I think would be an insane use of her in a WWE angle, though I think the Fed has demonstrated uh, that it has no problem bringing in like authority figures from the rival product, especially when they're done working there at that point. Yeah, there's definitely a precedent with Bischoff, and if it is Dixie Carter, I am very into that in terms of... It's different. It's a new, fresh face. It's not bringing Stephanie back as authority. Not that I'm any huge Dixie Carter fan, but I think it's more interesting. I like that line of thinking. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got the affair angle right there. You also have, perhaps, he has an illegitimate child. Oh, I haven't seen this. And so maybe someone on the roster, um, like one of your younger people that you can think of, be it an Alexa Bliss or uh, like a Chad Gable, for example, is actually like Kurt Angle's illegitimate child. And the secret is going to be exposed that it's been all, I don't even know, you know? That's what What could you even complain about that? The, the, like, Kurt was, like, favoring his child through, like, nepotism to get them in WWE? How is that even, like, a bad scandal when that happens all the fucking yeah, time? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> I... I I wonder, I don't see Kurt Angle saying I love you to Stephanie McMahon. I don't see that. Am I crazy? I mean, it would be a callback to the big storyline from the summer of 2000. Oh, where, that's right. Like, there was a big love triangle when Stephanie was, like, Kurt's manager. And it was a big, like, will they, won't they? Is, is she going to, like, you know, be with Kurt? Because it certainly seemed like her interest in him went beyond just managing him as a as a client. Like, there was a big-time tease of romance there. that's true. And that was an angle that literally was dropped dead because, <laughs> like, that. Triple H felt threatened by it in real life. Didn't he say that the audience would find it unbelievable? Yeah, I think, I think Pritchard has said that he <laughs> went into a writer's room meeting and, like, told Vince, like, yeah, the audience will think it's unbelievable if any woman cheats on me with Kurt Angle. And Vince was like, uh, you're right, pal. You got it. <laughs> Who do you think's better looking, Triple H or Kurt Angle? Uh, back in the day, in like the year 2000, yeah. I actually think Triple H is probably like not entirely incorrect. What about, about right now? Who's but, better looking? Uh, ooh, Probably still Triple H, honestly. I feel like but if, Angle. But if Angle had made his move during the years where Triple H had his, like, Ric Flair hair, then it's definitely <laughs> Angle. Angle's winning that big That's time. the moment he has to wait for exactly. us when the dumb hair comes back. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's unbelievable that a woman would cheat on Triple H with, like, any man, honestly. Like, you know, like, there's, there's romance there, which we had been given a story to buy into for, like, two months. <laughs> two and a half months leading up to it, it just got dropped and never mentioned again. I because love he was shot like, out of a cannon. Because he was like, I'm too handsome. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like if they brought that into the storyline, it would make it even bigger and cooler. That's definitely true. To be true. like, you know, the only reason that that was stopped was because, you know, and they could say that they're, you know, that their affair was stopped or whatever. Yeah. Was because, like... You got too mad about it. You <laughs> knew all along. Um, so there's that possibility, I guess. Like, it it does... It is a big-time callback and bringing continuity into play in a way that WWE very rarely does, and it also would reward the people who've been around for the long haul, you know? I guess maybe and it I also would, like would encourage people to hop on the network and go back and watch 
that stuff from the summer yeah. of 2000 because honestly, the SummerSlam 2000 main event is really, really good. Kick ass. It's way better than the WrestleMania 2000 main event. Well, that's not saying much, but yeah, it definitely. <laughs> is. Like, it's just like of the two big events of that year, I think it's easy to say that SummerSlam was way better. And that main event was super rad, even though I'm pretty sure Kurt was like legit concussed through that entire match. Well, I think most pretty known, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. What have you thought of Kurt's return in this GM role in general? I mean, I'm excited for him to become a wrestler again, basically. And I feel like we're just biding our time before we get to that. Like, you know, it feels like uh, the, he's not a very good actor. Like, I think we can agree, in fact, that he's a very bad actor. I would say he is a pretty poor actor. <laughs> I, I like him. I like his reactions to things, though. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why that promo that aired on SmackDown felt so much like a soap opera is that Kurt feels like a soap opera actor. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's terrible. I can feel <laughs> him, like, reading things in his mind instead of, like, feeling them. You know what I mean? <laughs> definitely. Like, even just the way he says WWE, like, WWE. He can't say it. WWE. 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 Like, you know, he's not very good, which is weird because I always remember him being a terrific promo. Yeah. So I feel like it's just the fact that he's having to play a character who's a non-wrestler. Well, and you're also getting to a scripted versus non-scripted discussion. When Kurt Angle was going out there back when during his main WWE run, or he's sorry, WWE run. He's engaging the crowd it, and like actively <laughs> trolling them yeah. in a way that like the drifter does. Now. Exactly right. I, I still can't get past that he can't say WWE. It's, it's like Vince McMahon is so hung up on like certain words being said. Yeah. I just can't imagine that he isn't having a stroke backstage when six times in a promo, Kurt's going, WWE. <laughs> WWE. It's so good to be back at WWE. Uh, the WWE universe. But, I mean, like I'm excited for him to work matches again. Yeah. If if they have determined that it won't kill him to do so, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Like I think there are a lot of good non-Triple H opponents that he could wrestle. Who would you really like to see? I think honestly, I think Kurt Angle and Seth Rollins would yep. be a wicked match. Yeah, that for some reason that popped into my mind first. It's, it's as just well. in terms of people who are like on the Raw roster. I don't know how that they would build to it. I don't. But, know. I mean, if they were able to do like AJ and Shane, I don't know how they would build to that either. They Good always point. figure out a way. Yeah. So it's like whatever they want to do, they can do. And I, I do think that Seth is like the AJ of Raw. Even his like move set in terms of like the like springboard clothesline that he does off the top rope. It's basically the phenomenal forearm, but yeah. like another way. It like, is. It's a very similar skill set, and I think is a you know not as good of a worker as AJ, but pretty close. Yeah, so. I. I think we'd be remiss this round to to not give a, a little tip of the cap to Corey Graves' performance throughout this oh, yeah. saga. And even just that the company's open to involving him in this, uh, you know, a commentator involved. And I guess no one's really a, an in-ring wrestler at this point. But having a commentary guy involved in the drama backstage, it's interesting to me. And, and it also makes me wonder what Corey's career would have been like had he not gotten hurt. Because he seems to have it all. Uh, I mean... In some ways, yes, but I, I honestly, I never really saw him in NXT. Like, that's the era of NXT before me. Okay. Uh, but apparently he was, like, really good with Neville for a while. They were tag champs? Yeah, they, I, I don't, I should probably go back and watch, because I don't remember a ton of their run. As I just think, like, as good as he is as an actor, and as maybe as talented as he was as a wrestler, he's going to have 
a much longer career and probably be a way bigger star in the wrestling industry in like the annals of history. I think mm. as a commentator than he ever would as a wrestler. You might be very well right now. Obviously, it's a very sad thing to have to lose your dream. Right. And I'm not saying like it's good that this happened to him, but it's it's probably that turned out that he's a bigger deal for having it happen. He's definitely. I mean, what an asset for WWE. Yeah. Now there was a third avenue to that Kurt Angle mystery that I didn't touch on. There. Go ahead. Of course, there's the affair angle. Yeah. Uh, whoever, who knows who it could be with. Yeah. There's the illegitimate child angle, yeah, which yeah. I think is extremely silly and probably a bad limiting gimmick to strap to some young up-and-coming performer for the rest of their career. Yeah, I just don't think that that's beneficial in the long haul to be Kurt Angle's kid or whatever. Unless they do that with Mark Henry, if Mark Henry turns (laughs) out was Angle's kid. That I'm into. Uh, Well, the other option, of course, uh, that I had heard bandied about is like, what if Kurt Angle is gay? And that's what... Like, because he said, I love you. So those are basically the three possibilities. Yeah, it's super gay to say, I love you. I agree. I mean, Justin. he could be saying it to a man, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah. there's only a certain set of people that you could say that to and genuinely feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I did also hear that talked about. And I, it, I wonder if Kurt could pull it off. I, I don't want. When WWE does do an openly gay character, I'm horrified because I don't want it to be. The character's entire character is that they're gay. Yeah. And and also the way that they've built it up is like this big shameful thing. That right. Will, that will that ruin him. That was my next him. point. It feels like... This could bring me ugh, down that yeah. I'm in love with a man. I, like, I would I hate that. Yeah, I, I would hate that too. Um, uh, but like, and I also don't trust them to handle it no. <laughs> in a way that would be even like close to appropriate. It would be like b- montages of like him going for sushi or something like Vince McMahon deemed like yeah. a homosexual lifestyle. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be atrocious. Like yeah, he's drinking a latte, <laughs> riding a bicycle. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think we could scratch off that third option. Or I know. It's, it just was brought up to yeah. me. I thought it was ridiculous, but I also think the child thing is ridiculous. I think we're looking at an affair here no matter what. Okay. Yeah. I think and with that, that is probably about 15 minutes. I don't know. I started the clock a little late. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, I'm going to make the noise anyway. <laughs> and uh, we'll move on to a couple of listener questions. Yeah, we got a couple questions here. Uh, anything okay. jumping out at you, Josh? Oh, you want me to go for it? Boy, I got I th- questions. I mean, I think there was something in the email, wasn't there? Uh, no emails this week. We're missing out on Jeremy, but I do have three questions for you, Justin. Morris. Okay, three this week. Shoot. We're going to start with uh, none other than Jordan. Jordan asks, other than WCW, which side promotion has done the most to help WWE as a company? Hmm. Do you want me to field this one first? I feel very strongly. Sure, about the yeah. Uh, yeah. I think potentially even including WCW, ECW helped WWE tremendously. Even with the talent acquisitions, Paul Heyman, obviously, Rob Van Dam, uh, the cavalcade of guys who came through the ECW system. But it's pretty well known that Vince Russo was flatly poaching ideas from ECW during the Attitude Era, and obviously that brought them a great deal of success. I'm going to say it's ECW with a bullet. What do you think? I honestly was thinking ECW as well. Yeah. And I thought that I could like have a sneaky pick that you hadn't thought of. <laughs> wow. Uh, which is unfortunate that I can't. Because, like, yeah, like you said, like, they, it is, it was like a feeder system for them. Exactly. But, like, they could take a guy 
who wasn't quite working on TV and send him to ECW and have him run through that system and then take him back and and like you know like Sid going through ECW yep. in that era or like I mean it w- wasn't technically something where Austin was like on loan from WWF to go there but definitely like elevated himself no I question. think in his like mic work while he was there to uh, come in with you know a different kind of attitude let's say not to use <laughs> so that to word uh, than he would have had and I definitely think there's something to that and of course like WWF adopting the entire hardcore style yeah and like having hardcore a hardcore title. division and and like th- those were matches that I really looked forward oh, to oh yeah on every pay-per-view like honestly one of my favorite matches from uh I think WrestleMania 17 is that triple threat match which i think is like kane raven and big show and big show that is a great match and they're just like going all over the arena and like don't they drive golf carts? yeah they drive a golf cart at some like it's just an awesome match super ecw yeah absolutely um and so stylistically i feel like ecw uh gave them a lot as well that really drove one of their most like successful periods for sure totally i mean there's an argument to be made that wcw both like uh, abandoning its future by letting all of its young stars jump to WWF and like and then killing itself on old WWF stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like not only did they give them the next crop of great WWF talent, but then they like literally blew their brains out as a company <laughs> and were just like, we give up. Uh, there is uh, there like is an argument for that. I can see an argument for TNA as well. TNA and if you look it at the current, like a talent farm. Yeah, if you look at the current WWE roster, Ring it's hard Honor, not to honestly. bring up TNA and Ring of Honor because yeah. there's so many guys. But my answer is ECW. But I think there's good arguments to be made for a lot of companies. Honestly, out there. as someone who is currently a fan, you know, I, I backed up your answer with ECW there. Yeah. But it's a late contender. It was just brought up. I am only a lapsed fan right now because CM Punk and Daniel Bryan ah. made me one. So having said that, I think we have to go with Ring of Honor. Okay. I would do anyways. Okay. I, I would feel guilty if I didn't. <laughs> uh, this question comes to us from Michael J. Foist voice to last who asks if you had to come up with a wrestling game show for the network what would it be and who would host oh this is this is easy uh i have an answer okay why, yeah. why don't you go ahead okay so i mean i know that up up down down is already a show and that it's a pretty successful show on youtube like even people i know who uh don't watch wrestling who are into video games watch up up down down yeah and so they like to them the biggest star in wrestling is Xavier Woods. That's cool. Like, there's people that I know, people that I worked with, people that are friends of mine, uh, who know that I like wrestling and have brought up Xavier Woods to me, specifically because of Up, Up, Down, Down. So I know that, like, he's already doing very well with this. It doesn't need tweaks, but it does also, because I don't watch it. It seems like something that I would be into. I think so. But I don't watch it because, A, it's a YouTube series, and I'm just not into that sort of thing. Sure. And I feel like it would lack like the polish of a real TV game show presentation. And I think that you and I both know that video games 
as a TV show can work and be fun to watch. Like Video and Arcade be- Top 10? Because we watched Video and Arcade <laughs> Top 10 growing up here in Canada on YTV. I don't know that that ever made it beyond the uh, what was the host's reach name? of Canada. Nicholas Pickless <laughs> is your host. And, of course, we're answering this question during the mailbag. As he would say, it's letter time. It's, it's letter, letter time. time. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I love Nicholas Pickles. Yeah, I wonder if like people have written things about him online. Oh, there's definitely Nicholas Pickles fan fiction out there. Are you <laughs> yeah, kidding Nic- me? Nicholas Pickles fan fickles. <laughs> oh no! Um, no! <laughs> but but if you made <laughs> Up Up Down Down into a show that was on the network, I would watch it because I watch a lot of that network content. I haven't seen Up Up Down Down. And as for the host, I think there's only one choice Nicholas to be the new Nicholas Pickles, and that's me. I'm gonna, oh, I'm the host of it. You're inserting yourself. Yeah, of course. Okay. I'd be, I could be a big star for WWE Network. Okay. If they just let me run wild on there, I tell you. Like, so it's it's still called give up, me up, the down, budget down. of the Edge and Christian show, which is like no budget, <laughs> and I bet I could turn up an awesome show for WWE Network. So just to be clear, it's it's up, up, down, down with better production value yeah, to, hosted to by feel, you to feel like a TV show. Yeah, basically. where is Xavier Woods in this? Equation? Xavier Woods, he's he's gonna be the player every week. <laughs> yeah, so every he week. like so yeah, so like. In, in Video and Arcade Top 10, your host would bring on a couple of kids to play these games against each other, and the winner would get sent home with, like, a bunch of games and, like, a huge prize pack from Nintendo or whatever, nice. and the loser would get sent home with, like, a 3D puzz puzzle <laughs> of, like, Big Ben or whatever. It would always be, like, the London Bridge. You got this 3D puzz. Uh, Jack Gallagher's on. He's all excited. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. So we're going to do that That's and good. come up with, like, a 3D puzz to give to the loser every time uh, that, like, fits their gimmick, I think. <laughs> like, Nicholas Pickles Fan Ficulous. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it would be exactly what Up, Up, Down, Down is, which I think Xavier Woods is like taking on guys most of the time in that. Yeah. Sometimes he's just the host, but mostly he's the player. So yeah, every week someone would try to come on and, and dethrone him, and I would assume that they would fail every single time, and I would host. I love it. <laughs> uh, so mine has uh, nothing to do with shows from my childhood, nor shows that currently exist. My show is just called Braun. <laughs> B-R-A-A-A-A-A. UN. Okay, yeah. so this is a game show. It's hosted by Papa Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. And the game is Braun goes up, and there's three contestants that are wearing shock collars. And they have to answer very, very simple questions. I mean, like two and two. Extremely, extremely easy questions. Yeah. But at any time, Braun is allowed to shock collar them, throw them through whatever, and they are not allowed to defend themselves. They just have to take this hellacious beating from Braun. And it's sort of. You can win either on answering the most questions right or by being the last man or woman standing. Interesting. Braun! I was hoping it would just be like a reality show about his life outside of the ring. Basically. I don't think you know what a game show is. I know, I know, I know. You need It needs to be a game show. That was the question. But I I would be super into a Braun Strowman reality show also. Yeah, where he's like he's, fishing. Yeah, no, he's just like out at a restaurant and like <laughs> the waiter tries to take his I'm not finished away. with that! Thank you. <laughs> that was the joke I was going to make. Wow. I see, it was so obvious. Who you, is it? Who would have been better there? coming from, though, do you uh, think? I don't know. Who does a better Braun impression? 
impression. It's fine. I I don't need to do it anymore. I'd like to hear it. I'm not finished with that. (laughs) 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 Are you ready for our last question? I sure am. Absolutely. What a goofy ass episode. I know. It's been fun. Couple silly boys. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. I was in a terrible mood today, dude. Oh, good. I'm glad that I could really brighten your day. You always do. And hopefully the listeners' day as well. Hi, listeners. I care so much about you. Love you. I I I want you to be happy, so I hope you are. Let me know. Don't keep tweet any... at me at Justin Morris. If you're happy and you know it, let me know. Just don't keep any secrets from us. Exactly. This is an open thing. This isn't a you know curtain. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that you could tweet at me is going to destroy you. No, okay. Well, you're gonna be okay. Just we love you no you. matter what. That's a hundred percent true. Yes. <laughs> Our final question this week, Justin, <laughs> comes from uh, my dear friend Brock Wiederich, and Brock asks. <laughs> Which main roster superstar would benefit most from a new entrance theme? Not new gimmick, just Song and Titantron. Ooh. Boy, a lot come to mind. Yeah, there's a lot of options. Yeah. We talked earlier about how the new presentation of cast just doesn't work really at all. Very bad. uh, Big ass. I feel like he's still early enough into having that music that they could tweak it like yeah it's not i feel like i have to pick somebody who's been saddled with something bad sure. for a really long time uh and so i know who that is do you know who you're picking you Should go ahead. first okay uh i think somebody who has really like come a long way in terms of on-screen presentation in the last year is zach Ryder. oh I, okay i really like what he's done lately. I mean, other than like getting injured and disappearing off television for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you're a big fan. <laughs> cheering for that. Yeah. Stay like, hurt. You know, I think he was the most unlikely person that you could have picked to win that seven man ladder match at mania last year. Yep. And like, as much as it felt like a fuck you moment to the fans that like, you aren't going to successfully predict a single match on this card. Uh, from Vince, uh, I, I that's how I felt at the time as I was watching Mania. Yeah. Mostly because the rest of the card seemed to bear that out. Also, <laughs> Jericho going over AJ still seems a little strange. Exactly. To me. Uh, and yeah. So uh, <laughs> never mind that. But like it. I've come to appreciate that as a great moment, a, a really awesome thing to do for somebody who's been uh, a long time hand. And like you come to cheer for these guys to get moments like that. I think there was a lot of legitimacy to feeling super good uh, about Heath Slater getting his title match yeah. before the pay-per-view to finally get a one-on-one opportunity at gold. And like Heath Slater really reinvigorated his entire career on SmackDown last year. I'm definitely, I I'm super into him. I think he's very entertaining. And even as a ring worker, I'm interested in watching his matches. And I think that Zack Ryder has the capability to be that guy this year. Uh, to be that guy who goes to SmackDown and really refreshes himself. And I feel like his presentation even has been a lot more serious Definitely. over the last little while. The, and since he's come back, he's been wearing these suits. He looks super sharp. I thought it would be Mojo Raleigh to be the heel out of uh, this little dissolution of their tag team. Yep. And it certainly seems like crowds don't like Mojo from my personal experience. Do you like Mojo? Seeing him live. No, I don't really yeah, at I like all. Mojo either. And I do like Zach, but it seemed like from their segment on SmackDown this week that it actually might be Zack Ryder who is the heel coming out of this. Yeah. Um, that he's going to take this as a deep betrayal and, and seek vengeance of his own or so whatever. So for you, no more woo-woo. Yeah, woo. because you cannot take this new, like, 
adult, like sharp looking man, kind of dressed, you know, I wouldn't say like an assassin necessarily, but <laughs> he's not low key. There's no, but there's like something of like like Tom Cruise and collateral kind of about like wearing suits like that. <laughs> okay. you know? I don't know. I don't, like he's just he. If you were to make him serious, and if he's going to be a heel in particular, he needs a serious presentation all the way through. And woo woo woo, you know it, bro. Oh, radio, tell me every song you know <laughs> is like. Not only probably one of the worst songs <laughs> in, in, in wrestling, like it is like a relic of a bygone era when guys really got songs. Yeah, like they would write like pop music or like pop rock in this case that had lyrics, you know. And I there is some of that still today. Yeah, but there's a lot of like guys who just have you know butt rock tones <laughs> that is not really oh, I don't know about all. that and you might choose one of those guys in a second oh, here well but but I really think that if you like refresh his gimmick entirely cuz they've already like mostly done it the only thing that's really party bro about Zack Ryder lately is that Mojo Rawley is his partner and he has that shitty theme music so if you lose those two things I could really get into Zack Ryder as like a mid-level heel on yeah. SmackDown, and when you eventually turned him babyface, I'd be super into that too. I think that's a really cool answer and a little off-board, and I'm with you the whole way. I mean, obviously, like Baron Corbin's music sucks too. <laughs> wow, thanks for taking the wind out of my sails oh, here, what? because I am. It is. It is known that I'm a Baron Corbin fan. I, especially since that Breaking Ground series, I thought I you were gonna pick Seth. Boy, it was down to those two. You know me inside and out. Yeah. I, I could not decide who needed more better music sooner. But uh, where the distinction happens for me is that I could at least pick Seth's out of a crowd. Yeah. I have been watching Baron Corbin. How long has Baron Corbin been on WWE TV? Probably like NXT. three years now. Yeah, three years. There are times, Justin Morissette, where Baron Corbin's music hits. And I don't know who it is. I'm like, oh, is there a I, I don't miss a minute of WWE programming. Yeah. And there are times where I literally don't know who he is. Honestly, even when he came out in the uh, the middle of that Jinder Mahal match right? it's like, a couple weeks ago, oh. like he came out with the briefcase, literally the, the show after, he just won the briefcase two days ago, yep. and his music hit, and I was like... Who's this? Well, and you Who's touched coming out now. And you touched on the real reason that I'm picking Baron Corbin because I think it's important that when you have the money in the bank briefcase that your song has a sting that people can go, "Oh shit, I know what this means." Baron and Corbin like, has the exact Seth's, opposite of that for like, me. Seth's drum fills are super distinct and recognizable That's even right. if the music that follows is really not. Now, I don't think that his uh, Titantron needs any work at all. I think Corbin is one of the cooler ones out there with the sort of city burning behind yeah. them. I think all that's great, but I-, I couldn't pick that music out of a crowd. I couldn't hum it to you right now. Get Baron Corbin some new music or well, die. Yeah, and I think there's a perfect choice for his new tune, too. Which is? Which is the new single from Las Vegas glam rockers, The Killers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the man. Oh. Yeah. He's got gas in the tank. Oh, boy. He's got money in the bank. Oh, my God. Take a good look at him, baby. You're staring at the man. (laughs) (laughs) They even put money in the bank. It was like they wrote it just specifically about him. Yeah, nothing says uh, biker tough metal fan like the killers. You definitely have a handle on his character. Yeah, especially like one of the more like... Maybe you should use somebody told me. dance hall killers songs they've ever written. Actually, I'm now totally into Baron Corbin entering to like Mr. Brightside. All these things that I've done. (laughs) I'm coming out of my cage. He's just like super grumpy. Maybe it's great. 
Well, that's all the questions for this week, Justin. Thank you all so much for sending them in. I like yeah, those remember, a lot. we love you. Very There's much. nothing that can happen. No. Over the next seven days, nothing will happen next week that will change the way we feel about you. Not at anything. All. So, like, whatever is going on with you in your life right now, we just want you to know while you're staring at your phone, because uh, I'm assuming you're listening to the podcast <laughs> on it, and you just stare at your phone yeah. while the podcast plays, because you're, like, looking at the photo of us, yeah, it's imagining what we look like if our mouths were moving <laughs> oh, yeah, in that oh, photo. It's, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, exactly. We're even better... When moving. Yeah, the still yeah. frame doesn't do us justice. That's how people listen to podcasts, I think, is just yeah, staring, staring at, at the, the image of yeah, it yeah. and imagining that that's the movie that, that, that all of the people who are on it are talking in that picture. Mine's actually different when I listen to this podcast. I just look at a picture of me. Oh, really? But it's still the same idea. Yeah. But it's just... You're just staring at yourself waiting to hear the moments where you speak. Well, I usually hit the 30-second like, oh, fast-forward button if I hear you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then I just like, oh, yeah. I, I got a good start. I'm making some great points got a here. real good one coming up right now. <laughs> I'm going to kill it. Listen for this. <laughs> You're saying to like an empty room. There's no, I'm no saying to there. the picture of me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, there's nothing that'll happen uh, to you over the next week. We're, we believe in you. We have full faith yeah. that you are hot. Ju- just as excellent and a, a benefit to the universe as you were yesterday. Well, and if I could pay a compliment to you all, I would say you're hot. You're spicy. You taste great. You're, you're Curry Man. Man!